Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel one by one. We will be spoiler free of details of future episodes, but we will have full spoilers on for previous episodes that we have discussed on this podcast. I'm Harrison and I love hot men and monsters fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Jason, stealing hilarious jokes from Harrison's Twitter account. (laughs) But you know what? It is an accurate statement about me. I am a sucker for a monster movie. Like, little monsters, big monsters, fictional monsters, real monsters. Like, What about Ah, Real Monsters? Ah, Real Monsters? Fuck yeah. That show was great. Um, All right, Jason, uh, tell me what episode we're watching today. Harrison, um, it's a good thing you uh, like monsters because we got a few in this one, but uh, it's it's going to be a fun one. We are watching Angels, Season 1, Episode 7, The Bachelor Party! <laughs> this is the one where uh, Bill Hendrickson's next door neighbor from Big Love <laughs> is uh, is actually getting married to Doyle's wife. Oh yeah, by the way, Doyle has a wife. What? And um, he invites him to his bachelor party so he can eat his brains. Yep, that's accurate. Um, <laughs> he's also, um, I don't know if you recognized him, he's also Ken, the uh, the demon from season three, episode one of Buffy, uh, the, the guy who runs the, like, hell dimension. Yep, he's also in the first episode of Firefly. Oh, that's right. He's the fake out. Um He's, he's the one who's not in the opening credits, so it's not a surprise that he's the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Bachelor Party was written by Tracy Stern and directed by David Strayton and originally aired on November 16th, 1999. Well, Jason, tell me, what are you drinking this week? <laughs> well, Harrison, uh, I am utilizing two of the wonderful presents from my roommates. Oh. Uh, one is a comically large uh, can of beer. It's nice. 32 ounces, and um, it's from the uh, local uh, Louisville, Kentucky Hallsapple Brewing Company. And it is 32 ounces of their mistaken identity. And uh, in order to hold some of the some of the beer when it's not in the comically large can, I have the awesome glass, awesome beer glass that my uh, roommate gave me that has been personalized with the Booze and Buffy logo. Yes. So I don't I don't know if she mentioned this to you. She actually she messaged me before she gave that to you. She did tell Um, me. She was like, I've got this gift for Jason. And she was just wanting to know, like, what kind of beers you were into. Um, although that, that that's not one of the ones I suggested. I've never even heard of that uh, of that particular brand before. Um, it was a um, it they're actually uh, before she started living with me, sh- she and our mutual friend, um, they where they lived was close to the Halls Apple Brewing Company. So very I cool, think that very she cool. just like picked that up there. No, that's fair. I um I was just like, uh, well, because it's kind of funny. I was like, you know what? I don't really 
no like what very like what specific beers do you, like i know you like dark beer like porters and stouts yes but, but i was like I'm... i don't know a specific brand or anything or mm. like brewery that you you really particularly enjoy yeah i'm more it's more about the styles for me i am um, i mean a go-to for me is sam adams mm-hmm. uh even though uh to my knowledge they don't have any porters or stouts at least not any that are available year-round um no i uh yeah I, i'm pretty much down for anything when it comes to beers um unless it's the really shitty cheap stuff like uh milwaukee's best or something mm-hmm. or natty light um and uh, actually i'm not a big fan of sour beers either try I, not a fan i did know that because that's uh that's what you and john have in common because john also will drink pretty much any beer but he really is not a fan uh, of sour beers and i really really like sour beers and it's always really funny because anytime we go to like a bar um you know when we did um <laughs> I, a bar what's that <laughs> um i anytime i would get a sour beer john would be like here let me try it let, let, let me just try it and i'm like you're not gonna like it it's really sour <laughs> um and he never does every time he's like "Ooh, no and he makes the the pucker face the, like the, like you're just eating a warhead um yeah um so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna cause a bit of a a scandal this week with my drink um i um i'm not drinking an alcoholic beverage today um yeah i know i um, (laughs) need i remind you what this show is called you know i thought about lying i really was just like i just lie (laughs) and then i was like then i was like that's a problem if i'm like that like (laughs) i thought about lying (laughs) um so i one we just didn't have any like any liquor in the house and we're recording this early on a tuesday morning um or at least early on a tuesday morning for me it's like noon um and i didn't feel like going to get anything and i've had a bit of like weird stomach things for the last day or two so i was just like i just don't want you know, Tuesday morning beer, like the thought of that made me feel kind of sick to my stomach. So I was like, no, n- yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to, I made myself a nice warm mug of tea. Um, and I'm going to be our designated driver for this bachelor party. <laughs> um, oh, that, that, that's good. Um, yeah, in, in all fairness, I do have this comically large beer. So I think this <laughs> is enough beer for, yeah, it's enough for both of us. I'll 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 fall on this sword for you, Harrison. Thank you, thank you. How generous. <laughs> eh, well, you know, I, I look out for my friends. Um, but don't you worry, listeners. Um, next week up, ep- next week's episode, I will definitely have something to drink because I'll fucking need it. Um. Oh yeah. <laughs> and in two weeks, I will need something to drink. Yep. Um. For reasons. <laughs> yep, for reasons. All right, Monsieur Jason, will you take us away in a toast? Okay. Um, here's to the uh, here's to the wonderful time we had at your bachelor party, and the wonderful time we will have when I have a bachelor party. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yes. Cheers. Uh, that's good. Ooh, that is a that's a very smooth, sweet beer. I like it. Um. <clears throat> good job, Liv. So, um, before we get into the episode, I actually would like to tell the story of, 
of my bachelor party because um, I think it's a great story and I think uh, a certain person's going to come off looking really, really great in this story. So I, well, I John looks have great no in every story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when John and I got married, um, our bachelor party was actually planned by Jason. Hello. Um, so our um, my best person at our wedding was a previous <laughs> podcast podcast guest Grace, um, but at the time. She was living in Myanmar. She was, um, she had like a, an internship there and, um, she came home for the wedding. Um, and then, um, but, but, uh, Jason, uh, ended up taking care of the bachelor party just so that Grace didn't have to plan a bachelor party while also planning international travel. Um, and Jason came up with the best fucking bachelor party I, I it was so much fucking fun. He did um, a scavenger hunt, um, a, a boozy scavenger hunt. <laughs> um, so um, this. Oh yeah, there's definitely going to be alcohol involved in this one. <laughs> always. Um, so the, there's a bar that we um, uh, we frequented um, called the Old Louisville Tavern, uh, which at the time we lived two doors down from. So very convenient, and they had these. Um, um uh like brown bag deals they were like what like four bucks or something um i think so yeah real cheap and it was just a paper brown paper bag and there was a can of beer and a little plastic shot bottle um and it was totally random so you might get like a pbr or like a burger beer um and like a smirnoff little thing or you might get something like really nice from like a local brewery or something like that and a nice shot bottle i can't i can't think of a nice shot bottle off the top of my head but um so those were a lot of fun um we would like always order those when we went there so jason made up like there were three of them right three or four um yeah i think there let's see there were three there were three um so it was um so he had three paper bags, the beer and the shot gla- or the shot in it. We'd have to drink the beer, take the shot, and then there was a clue of where we were going. And the first place we went was dinner at uh, Dragon King's Daughter, which is a local uh, uh, sushi fusion restaurant that's so fucking good. And then the second clue led us across the street to a bar called Akiko's, where we did a lot of karaoke, and that was really, really fun. And then the final clue led us back to the tavern. Um, and it's really funny because when we got there, um, it turns out that they, apparently it had been such a slow night uh, at the bar that they had just decided to close early. And they oh, were like, I forgot about that. Yeah. And they were like closing in and this like group of like 10 of us walked in and um, uh they were like oh sorry we're actually closing and i think it was i think it was skylar who like went up to the bartender and was like hey actually on a bachelor party right now like would it be okay if we just like just ordered like some drinks um like just like a set of drinks and like drank them out on the patio while you finished closing up um and they were so kind they they ended up staying open um and letting us drink um and the bartender made some like specialty shot for everyone just free of charge 
Um, and I think it worked out for them as well. Cause I think like, I think they were being a bit premature. Cause I think a bunch of other people just showed up after we, after we did. Um, so I actually wasn't there for that part. Because, oh, you had uh, to leave to go to work. I had to leave to go to work because my shift at work at that time was a uh, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. And um, I wanted to stay as long as I could, but I also, um, at that job, I needed my sleep. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so uh, I basically saw them do the last grab bag, uh, which would lead them to the tavern, but then I had to uh, peace out, um, which I'm very sad because I actually did not know that story. Oh, um, I could have seen yeah, I, think, I told you. And, you know, maybe you did, and I just forgot it. I mean, but, fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was going to be, like, this year is going to be five years ago. Yeah, so. yeah, that's weird. Um, <laughs> but it was just, it was so creative, and it was so fun. And, like, the clues were good. They were, like, just, just, like, difficult enough that we had to think about it, but, like, not so hard that we were, like, just getting pissed off and angry. Um so yeah um that was just uh, that was such a great night and i thank you jason for my wonderful bachelor party way better You're than welcome. this one i think uh the most important thing about uh about the prep was that the clue cards did not get wet because oh, yeah. they were i i had the bags in um in a cooler in the back of my car because i obviously wanted to like keep it cold especially the beer and so um i i found like little ziploc bags to put the clue cards in put those in with the beer in the shot and that way like you'd still be able to read the card so you know yeah I, if i recall correctly i don't think you told us what was going to be going down i think you just were like let me handle it and just trust me and I think when you gave us the, um, I, I, I could be misremembering, but I think when you gave us the first, like, bag, I think I just, like, drank the beer and took the shot and, like, tossed the bag in the trash can. And you were like, no, 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 no there's more in there. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was funny because, like, it really did seem like, a, okay, guys, so here's the start of our evening. And I just hand over this graph bag. Like, oh, cool alcohol. Glug, glug. <laughs> <laughs> of course what else <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah so that is our uh, discussion of booze on booze and buffy <laughs> we actually have a lot of booze but uh let's head on to some buffy and um ten- more specifically some angel but uh yeah so angel is uh trying to read and doyle is uh, annoying the shit out of him uh, and boy, can I relate to that. Um, yep. I also I am constantly annoyed by an Irishman. Uh, but, uh, but no, um, yeah, Doyle's just like, hey, come on, let's go to a sports bar or something like that. There's online trivia. You can play against anybody in the world. Which, I mean, honestly, that actually probably would get me to go to, yeah. to a sports bar. Doesn't he specifically say that you can play with drunks all over the world? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You'd be you'd be surprised though, like how good drunks are at trivia. Oh no, I believe that wholeheartedly. There's a certain and sort of confidence trivia. boost you get where you're not really second guessing your knowledge. You're you're just like, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, you grease those wheels and they start moving. Um, as they are, uh, as as um. Doyle's making his way out. He sees Cordelia show up, and she has a date 
uh, a very good looking gentleman named Pierce. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. unfor- unfortunately, Cordelia really kind of has eyes for what's in um, what's in Pierce's pocket, specifically his wallet. <laughs> yep. Um, she's, uh, she's listing off all of his, like, good qualities, which basically boil down to, he's rich. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he owns properties and, like, a really good parts of town. <laughs> he has a nice car, too. Um, um, and she looks, you know, it, it, it's almost redundant to say this, but she looks phenomenal. Like... Well, you have to think that this is, like, probably the first time that she's had a date... Uh, it seems like on Angel, though, at least that we've seen. Yeah, um, definitely the first on-screen date. Um, there was that guy you know, in the pilot, but that wasn't really a date. I like. Yeah, that was more. Of it a, was more just like a hey, come to my mansion. I've yeah. got acting opportunities for you. <laughs> um, I really, uh, and you know, I think she cleans up so well. Well, maybe not specifically because of this, but she's also living in a much better place, mm-hmm. and she has a really she has a really cool roommate, Phantom Dennis. Phantom Dennis. Oh, uh, you know, Phantom Dennis helped her pick out that outfit. Oh yeah, Phantom Dennis might be like me. Um, uh, I I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show before, but I have a oddly keen ability of picking out, like if if a girl shows me her closet, her wardrobe. I can pick out the perfect outfit for her. It's Very crazy. Dennis of you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> hopefully I don't get bricked up into a wall. <laughs> that, would be, that would scare the bejesus out of me. Doyle Doyle obviously still has his crush on, on Cordelia. And um, it's really funny that Cordelia is trying to really rush Pierce out of there. <laughs> and But uh, both Angel and Doyle show up. And uh, and have um, they're doing that whole like, oh well, where are you going? Yeah. When will you be back? <laughs> <laughs> and and Cordelia's like, don't wait up. In other words, she's ready to plow that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she also is just like, if I don't show up for work tomorrow, clear out my desk. <laughs> uh, Cordelia plans on moving quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She does not like being on the the lower end of the uh, the financial ladder. Doyle isn't exactly thrilled about this, and so he like just starts uh, he basically just like jumps on his sofa and just starts like looking through a book and complain about how uh, how crappy it is that Cordelia is going out there and that she like wouldn't really want to go out with him due to him being half demon and everything. And uh, at this point, a picture falls out of, um, you know, that, that other chick that's in, that's a big part of, uh, it's a big part of our podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Buffy Summers. <laughs> Buffy Summers. Uh, Toyo picks up the picture and is immediately like, she's hot! <laughs> Which is... Which she is! <laughs> Doyle's, Doyle's, like, go-to reaction whenever he sees a woman. <laughs> it's... He's just like, oh, man... Like, is this an old squeeze of yours? And, oh, do you think she'd be into an Ir- a guy with an Irish accent? And then he sees Angel's face and is like, oh, this is Buffy. 
Do you think that line, that do you think she'd be into a guy with an Irish accent, is a little bit of a jab at David Boreanaz's? Uh, <laughs> his bad Irish his accent. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Angel could have just immediately said, like, yes, <laughs> me. <laughs> um, and you're probably wondering, like, why, why this happened. But it actually is kind of important for uh, the end scene mm-hmm. of this episode. Yep. Um, which, uh, actually, I don't think I remembered the first time that I watched it. Um, but then when I saw the picture come out and realized where we were in the season, I'm like, oh. Oh, this is actually important. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So before Doyle can, like, before he can, like, really say sorry or anything, he gets hit with a vision. And, um... A uh, young guy has been captured by some vampires downtown. They gotta go rescue that guy. And and it's really funny because uh, uh, Doyle does mention like, oh man, everybody's got dinner plans except us. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. Um, unfortunately, Cordelia's dinner plans aren't exactly going the way that she hoped. So there's oh a reason God, that this Pierce guy is so boring. <sighs> yeah, there's a reason that Pierce is um, so wealthy. He has a very boring job in stocks and options, and uh, he's like, "I'm probably boring you to death." And he is. Uh, he's talking about it. What's the first thing he talks about? Because is it green? Dude, I or? don't. I don't even know, man. <laughs> I was. I was bored. Like, um, I, I was bored. I wasn't even there for like the whole conversation. I was so focused on charisma's just delightful facial expressions that I wasn't even listening to this guy. Um, she also has such a great response when um, he asks, "Am I boring you?" Um, it. You'll note. Um, she doesn't say, no, you're not boring me. She says, I don't mind. Of course, oh. this, this immediately leads him to talking about, um, I, I think it's like stocks and options and shit like that. Like the, the most boring part of marketing, I apologize to anybody who is in marketing, but I mean, yeah, it, it's not compelling dialogue for He's he's literally like what to... American Psycho is lampooning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like I remember, so um, it was hilarious when uh, uh, last year the um, the Super Bowl was against. Uh, it was between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. and. When my sister-in-law saw, like, the owner of the San Francisco 49ers, uh, he looked like such a damn yuppie. And, like, (laughs) he had all those people in his box, and they're all, like, these bro dudes and suits and ties and and she's like oh my god i would hate to be in that i would i would rather not be in that luxury suite (laughs) so that's that's what it immediately made me think of yeah yeah but um yeah so they are uh uh angel and doyle are able to um save this save the dude uh and all of the vamp and they've killed all the vampires um Angel says to Doyle that, uh, you know, you're stronger in your, when you're in your demon form. Mm-hmm. It's like, why don't you, why don't you do that when I need help? 
and um, Doyle's just like, oh, I don't, I don't like doing it. I don't yeah. like shifting to my pointy face. Um, I'm going to um, throughout this episode, um, starting here and in a couple scenes, um, I'm going to be doing a, um, a a queer a queer reading of Doyle's uh, demon side um, and his um, and uh, relating it to like. Um, uh like uh internalized homophobia um particularly af- uh when uh harriet describes him post coming out quote unquote um there i've talked a lot about there's a lot of queer coding on this show i don't think always necessarily intentional although sometimes pretty intentional um but um it really struck me in this episode and of course this is just my reading, but um, there, there's some certain things that are said by Doyle and people's reactions to Doyle in this episode that that really stuck out to me um, as uh, relating to that. I look forward to hearing it. Um, the uh, yeah, so Pierce is driving. Uh, unfortunately, Angel and Doyle do not get every vampire. One does get away. Um, he ends up following Doyle back to Angel Investigations. And, um, of course, that's also when uh, Pierce and uh, Pierce and Cordelia drive up in uh, Pierce's nice car. And um, he's he's very eager. He's like, oh, man, I wish, wish I could have taken you back to your place. She's like, my car's here. She yep. wants to get away from this dude. And he thinks that... He thinks he's in. Like he's like, oh, let me walk you up to the door. Oh and, my god, he is and, not uh, reading the room. <laughs> no, I, you know there are times that I feel like I've been clueless in certain circumstances, but I fortunately have never been as clueless as this guy, to my knowledge. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it uh, it turns out that the uh, the vampire does show up. And, um, the minute that, uh, the minute, the, like, the vamp, like, uh, immediately, like, vamps out, Pierce just screams and gets out of there. <laughs> Does he, maybe this is my imagination, maybe I'm projecting a dislike onto Pierce that I, I have a memory in my mind of him, like, using Cordelia very briefly as a shield before running away. Did that actually happen, or did I just make that up? It could have, but I honestly don't remember. Okay. Like, it, it would be very in character for Pierce. But yeah, Pierce just, like, <laughs> Pierce gets into his Mercedes and just gets the hell out. Speeds off. Doesn't wait for Cordelia to get into the car. Doesn't yell, come with me. Let's get away. In fact, I think the vampire has a hold of Cordelia while Pierce is driving away. <laughs> yeah. And, um... Yeah, good news is that's the last we see of Pierce. Um, but then, uh, but then Doyle shows up with a crossbow. God, these these Buffy verse characters and their crossbows. Uh, yeah, and he's he's trying to like shoot the vampire, but um, it's still ho- holding on to Cordelia. Now, um, the vampire is using Cordelia as a shield almost. Yes. Um, but uh, Doyle ends up. Um, he does have a really good. No- he does have a really good line though. 
Um, I can't remember what it is though, but we, it, we it should definitely be able to know what it badass. is because it gets it gets repeated later. So we definitely yeah. should. Um, I don't know, man. Like I watched this episode yesterday afternoon. So. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Doyle does. Um, Doyle is suitably badass him. in this scene. Yes, yes, uh, enough to uh, get Cordelia's attention. Yeah, uh, but he shoots the vampire in the foot. And um, that's a really impressive shot. Like that's yeah. not easy. That is a small target, you know, stressful situation. Props Doyle. Unfortunately, the uh, crossbow only has one bolt in it. Um, Notoriously. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there have to be, I feel like there have to be crossbows nowadays that have multiple bolts. Um, but those mm-hmm. are also probably like uh like carbon or um maybe in something stronger not wooden bolts yeah um, if i had to guess uh so probably not at, so even though it'll be like good in a fight it probably won't be as effective as against vampires um but uh yeah doyle and uh doyle does like get into a fight and um he doesn't want to morph into his demon mode uh, but fortunately, he is able to uh, grab the bolt and um, and stake the vamp. Uh, and yeah, Cordelia is just like, ooh, Doyle. <laughs> uh, You've been here all this time. <laughs> she says um, she says something along the lines of like, uh, you were you were so brave or whatever. But she says it with, like incredulously, and Doyle. Um, I think quite rightly is like, you know, you didn't need to say it with you don't such know, shock in your voice. Yeah, you don't have sounds so surprised. But no, this like I mean, I believe that Cordelia's been very much aware of um of Doyle's like flirting towards her and mm-hmm. she probably thinks like, Oh, I think he's got a thing for me. Um and uh she talks about this with Angel yeah. the next day. And she's like, you know, I told myself that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't like go down the geek hole after Xander, after Xander Harris. Um, so yeah, Xander gets a, a an appropriate shout out in this episode. Yep. Um, she doesn't want to date another fixer upper. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, she's like, you know, maybe I want like a guy who is like you know brave and actually cares about people. <laughs> So good for you, Cordelia. Way to way to see past those like vapid Wall Street guys. So there's two two other things she says during this talk with Angel. Um, and the show once again doing a great job of showing Cordelia's growth, but also making sure that she's still fucking funny. Um, yeah, and it's because she has one part where she's talking about the uh, talking about Pierce, and she's like, the whole time we were having dinner, I was I was thinking to myself, if he saw a monster, he'd probably throw his shoe at it and run away. And then she goes, <laughs> turns out the showing the throwing the shoe was giving him too much credit. Uh, which, loved that. Um, but then when she's uh, talking about um. Uh, she's she's talking about like maybe she should be looking for a guy who has all these other qualities um, that she maybe hadn't necessarily been looking for before. 
she's like what's that about and angel's like oh you know you're you're growing as a person and she goes and it's all your fault (laughs) (laughs) um but that does uh get to the heart of something that we're i think it's gonna be well we're gonna come back to a lot of how good for each other um cordelia and angel really are um angel pushes cordelia uh, to to be a better person, he grounds her quite a bit. But I also think Cordelia pulls Angel out of his shell a bit and encourages him um, to be more open. So um, we just see a little hint of that uh, that dynamic uh, continue to grow here in this scene. By the way, uh, similar to last week's episode, but I think in a much better way because um, this episode is much better. Or excuse me, not mm-hmm. last week's episode, the last Angel episode that we did, Sense and Sensitivity. Um, Angel is not the main character once again in this episode, but um, I think he serves a really good purpose. And uh, similar to our actual last episode, The Initiative, um, I think that this um, sidelines our main title character, but gives some development. So in this case, a much needed development to another character, in this mm-hmm. case, Doyle. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, both episodes, um, the initiative and this episode, are really silly. And yeah. <laughs> and I was just thinking like that, like God, this is another silly episode. But I think I was like, I think I've been so worn down by the initiative that the silliness <laughs> just got to me in this one. It takes a while though. It takes a while though to get to the silly yeah. part. And I think this episode is. Uh, it it's silly, but it uh, it's grounded in a lot of very real heart. Um, yeah, no, and some no, it's charming, excellent, excellent development charming. for Doyle. Um, yeah, and I, the, you know it's much needed development for Doyle, as we've m- mentioned. He is obviously just by design the least developed of our three leads. So um, to get this episode that really focuses on him and his past um, is good. And, and to find out some surprising things about his past, um, it adds a whole and, lot of depth to him that I enjoy. And, you know, we're about to find out about that past right now because mm-hmm. um, Cordelia wanted to uh, ask him to a, for a mochaccino as a, uh, you know, thanks for saving my life sort of thing. Um, She's been Doyle in LA is, uh, too long. She wants a mochaccino. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that has to be like a Sunnydale thing too. That's just probably a California thing. Um, Doyle, <laughs> however, is um, is kind of reveling in his uh, in how much of a badass he was the night before. And I mean, I can't blame him for that because I mean, he was he, good job. Um, unfortunately, it does look a little nerdy when uh, when Cordelia sees that. <laughs> But uh, that doesn't stop her from wanting to ask Doyle out for coffee. And uh, right as she's about to ask him, then a young woman, or as the uh, an attractive young woman, uh, as the Buffy wiki puts it, <laughs> opens the front door and looks at Doyle and says, Oh, hi, Francis. And um, I have to say, this actress, um, Kristen DeTillo, uh all I could think of is like, you know, I know you're not Sarah Jessica Parker, 
Thank you. But... I was going to say, I was sitting here go, trying to remember what her character's name on Sex and the City is. Uh, I know it's Carrie, but I couldn't remember her last name. Carrie Bradshaw? Yes. You, that's it. That's it. Because um, I was literally going to say, a, a woman whose name is not Carrie Bradshaw walks through the door. Um, yes. <laughs> it's the hair. It, it, it really it, it is, is the hair. hair. And also the face. Um, yeah, because... Yeah, she she's got a very like. It's like if her features were a little more exaggerated, she would be. She would look dead up like Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker. I think her features are slightly softer. Um, yes, they're still striking, but ju- just a little softer than Sarah Jessica Parker's. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so Doyle's like, oh, um, this is Harriet. She's my wife, and uh, and. And Cordelia just doesn't know what to do. She just does not know what to do. She and it's really great because Angel walks in and Angel takes and, this uh, news Cordelia, like he's like, yeah, okay. No, yeah, no, it's so funny because like Cordelia's like, oh, Angel, here's Doyle's wife, and so he immediately is just like, nice to meet you, very yeah. nonchalant. And Cordelia, um, they don't really focus on her reaction, but next to Angel, Cordelia standing there. And she her she has a very visible reaction to Angel's non-reaction, which is also really funny. <laughs> yes, no, it's so great. Um, Angel's as cool as a cucumber in yep. this episode. Um, For the most part. But, uh, yeah, so, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, are they calling her Harriet throughout this episode, or they call, or do they call her Harry? I think I think Doyle calls her Harry, um, and okay, I think maybe Richard really does did, too. Um, it really does sound like they're saying Harry all the time, mm-hmm. um, because anytime somebody says like Harry, it's like so that last part is so subtle, the, so soft. Yeah, the tease. I, really I literally, soft. yeah, I just kind of assumed that. Uh, like everybody's calling her Harry, and I'm like, well, that's short for Harriet, but it sounded like everybody was calling her Harry. I, I um, do think, uh, I, I I do think that she is a Doyle. Definitely calls her Harry. Like, I think he introduces her as Harriet, um, but then calls her Harry um, as an obvious, you know, affectionate nickname throughout the rest of the episode. I I'm not sure about the rest of the characters. I'm not sure if they're just also calling her Harry. Or if it's just that no one's really enunciating that yeah. that final T. Um, Fair enough. It's um, difficult to tell. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Doyle's full name is revealed. It is Alan Francis Doyle. So this so is two episodes in a row where we're finally learning a main character's full name. Yeah. Um, which is really funny because uh, she doesn't call him Alan, which is his first name. So like he he just does not want to go by Allen. Went by Francis. Goes by Doyle. Was there another persona that he had beforehand that he had to completely leave behind? That was Allen, um, or maybe just didn't like being called Allen. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, actually, that's interesting that you say that. I hadn't really thought about that. But it, I do. You know, I could see that he just went by his middle name for his whole life. Um, up until this very, uh, what we learned for Doyle was an extremely traumatic incident of learning about his demon heritage, um, and, you know, essentially throwing away everything in his life, 
Um, and, and so I got, you know, at that point taking on Doyle as his, his as his moniker. Um, yeah. To distinguish but, himself. Uh, but yeah, so Harriet um, introduces her fiance, Richard, who, as we mentioned yep. in the uh, in the top of the episode, has been in several things. Um, it is really funny that even though I've seen um, all three of the Joss Whedon shows that he's been involved with to completion, a show that I've only seen two episodes or two seasons of, Big Love, is the first thing that pops into my mind. I'm like, <laughs> is is he is he the next door neighbor that just like really wants mm-hmm. to be friends with Jennifer Goodwin? He is. Yep. Um, he is. God, he that has just such a distinctive I need to watch the rest face. of Big Love. You do. Um, it's so good. I, 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 you know, I, I love the crap out of that show, and I love the fact that, like, despite the fact that it's on HBO, it's never too. Um, it it doesn't have like the graphic stuff that you would expect from HBO. Mm-hmm. It it could it could very easily be on a um, on any network really. Yeah. Um, it probably was just like oh because it's about polygamy that's why it had to like go to HBO. But and also, Bill Bill Paxton makes everything better. Um, yeah. I can never get enough Bill Paxton. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, and he's fucking great in that show. I was just gonna say, um, there. You're right. There's not a lot of like nudity or cursing on that show, um, and when there is, like, it's utilized very well. Um, but um, I will say there, there is an episode where you see Jennifer Goodwin's butt, and I was like, Snow White's butt, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it was a lovely backside. Uh, she's a she's a lovely, lovely woman. Oh yeah, um, that goes without saying. I'm I'm glad that she's like actually married to Prince Charming. It's really funny when Richard first walks in because he immediately goes to Angel, assuming that that's Doyle, and he's like, "Oh, well, I mean, I didn't expect somebody who like looks as good as you do." Or he says something to that effect. Yeah. <laughs> There you go, proving your theory that everybody loves either David Boreanaz in real life or Angel in yeah. uh, in the show. Also, just poor Doyle. This co- this keeps happening to him. Like... <laughs> <He does>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, uh, and of course, like this is correct, and he's like, "Oh, well, okay, that makes sense." <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, they are, yeah, Richard does, technically, uh, Harriet does not introduce Richard as her fiance. She's just like, oh, this is Richard. And um, that's when Richard kind of spills the beans. They're like, oh, we're getting married. And um, so uh, it it is really funny because um, Angel's just like, hey, let's kind of give these two some room. And uh, uh, he says that to Cordelia. And they leave. Uh, Richard leaves. And... um, so that's when Harry is like, okay, um, I am getting married, so I need you to sign these divorce papers. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, and I can understand that Doyle is a little overwhelmed by this, but um, at the same time, it's like it, it it's kind of like you shouldn't expect her to uh, mm-hmm. kind of keep being there because, I mean, this is a relationship that you've never mentioned to... Um, to either Angel or Cordelia, who are, like, the two people you're closest to at the moment. 
And, um, yeah, it, like, she did, um, from Doyle's viewpoint, she did walk out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is later kind of, um, yeah. this is later kind of revealed to not be so true. Yeah, we learn, uh, what I really like about this, um, this episode in general, um, is that neither Harriet nor Doyle are really the bad guy. It takes a more nuanced approach to this relationship that was, uh, you know, a marriage between two very, very young people um, that were, who were blindsided by something they never could have expected. um, And neither of them handled it particularly well. And um, like, it could have been easy for this episode to just have Harriet come in and be a total bitch. Um, but she's not like she I like Harriet a lot. I think she's a great character. Um, and I um, she is willing to, you know, we we see her admit her fault in the falling apart of their relationship. But she also, um, like you said, is she's not, um, you know, she's not she's not willing to take on the entirety of the blame because, um, you know, she's not uh, deserving of the entirety of the blame. Yes. Um, at this point, we get uh, Doyle's version of the story, which he does explain that um, he'd never met his father. And um, like you said, um, at age 21 was the first time that uh, his, um, his demon side first showed. Mm-hmm. And um, he was already married to Harriet. And that's when, that's when his mother decided to say, like, oh... By the way, I fucked a demon, and that's and you're his son. Yep. Um. And uh, so, he, he says that Harriet left because she couldn't handle that. Um. Uh, her husband was half demon, and uh, which we later find out isn't entirely true. Um. So it's really funny that uh oh you know what um you should uh. You should find out what's going on with this guy because I mean he seems a little too <laughs> seems a little too boring, a little too bland. And um, and Angel reluctantly agrees, but he does say, "Don't tell Cordelia." And um, and he's and Doyle's like, "Why?" He's like, "Oh, well, she'll want to charge you," <laughs> which is true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they so, know Cordy. Uh, <laughs> they really do. They've got her um, number. <laughs> what's great is that um is that uh yeah so we do get this scene of like uh richard picking up some boxes um and uh angel's kind of like following on a rooftop um and then he goes into uh this place called straley steakhouse and um harriet uh harriet shows up and she's back in the kitchen with richard and so he goes into, um, he goes into like the back area, picks, uh, grabs a bottle of wine, uh, drinks a little bit and, um, picks up a knife, big knife, and then turns into a demon. So, yeah. Hey, guess what? <laughs> He's a demon too. But, um, so he like is heading towards Harriet and that's when, um, Angel crashes through a very expensive window <laughs> and, uh, and he tackles him. And, uh, so... <laughs> He keeps punching Richard, but he's like, why aren't you fighting back? And Harriet is like saying, stop. And um, she's like, 
and he's like and he's like he's a demon she's like i know <laughs> and um yeah and it turns out that um he is a uh what is the name of this demon oh gosh that's a good question animovic animovic and um harriet reveals that uh after doyle after doyle uh revealed himself to be a half demon uh ri- um harriet in- ended up getting a degree in ethnodemonology which um from where oh <laughs> yeah where, where, what, what school has that i mean is that like up in um did harriet go to country? uc sunnydale <laughs> i don't know i feel like if if that was a degree program why isn't buffy taking it because that's something she could coast through um uh but uh yeah but in this uh yeah so she said that um doyle like she wasn't she was afraid initially of um doyle's demon heritage but then she like adjusted to it and she even like wanted doyle to hey find out more about yourself like get more into this um like learn more about your persona and um and doyle doyle just wasn't having it yeah and um so he just shut down withdrew and um and it wasn't a good person uh to be around so that's kind of like what split like um harriet was trying to be really supportive doyle just did not like that part of him and uh it like if you don't like yourself it's hard to like somebody else yeah Uh, so this is where i'm gonna go um go into that queer theory a bit and queer reading of this um you can uh you know i think you can make a a reading into this that that is kind of um there are parallels to doyle's situation to people who um who come out of the closet um or, or just you know discover you know start to explore their sexuality but really have a hard time dealing with it um, and you do see that sometimes with uh, people um, who get married to, you know, someone of the opposite uh, opposite gender and then, you know, later in life discover that they might be queer and, um, you know, that, that can be really difficult for people. And, you know, internalized homophobia um, is a very serious thing. And we're seeing what we see here is D- Doyle deals with this internali- internalized uh, demon phobia. Um, and, you know, you could, I'm sure you can make, uh, arguments. There's internalized misogyny as well and internalized, uh, racism, you know, all of the isms it's, um, people in minority positions can sometimes take that hatred onto themselves. Um, and so I think we see that represented fantastically, um, with Doyle here. And I'm sure that, like, a lot of that internalized homophobia comes from, like, childhood experiences and stuff. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. until very recently, um, and pardon me if I'm, like, speaking out of turn since I'm not an authority on on the queer experience. <laughs> but uh, until very recently, we're talking, like, last decade, maybe, um, it's, like, being homosexual um, of any type, being queer of any type, is not... Um, <laughs> was not like socially acceptable um mm-hmm. 
at, at best it was a uh, a little novelty and at worst it was something to be feared and hated and i mean you, you look at people who like ha- i mean i look at like older queer people and i'm like god it must have been hell for you growing mm-hmm. up because like i mean you were alive during like the 50s and 60s and i mean you probably found out about this fairly um you probably found out about this fairly early on in your life, maybe later. I don't know everybody's experience, but I mean, like, you probably had, um, you probably had like parents um, who were like, oh, like look at those Nancy boys or whatever, or something like that, referring to, referring to gay men. And I mean, mm-hmm. you find oh, out something about yourself. It reminds me of um, the movie uh, Boy Erased when um, I've not actually Hedges seen that can- one yet. Oh, okay. Um, I really liked it. Um, I know that you have. A I do thing know that about, it's like uh, about like conversion, uh, conversion therapy, right? Yes, yes. Um, and like when Lucas Hedges' uh, character first finds out about like when he first realizes that he has these urges, um, he sees it as bad, and it doesn't mm-hmm. help that Russell Crowe, who plays his father, as well as a minister, um, reinforces that. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's it's something that. Uh, that Lucas Hedges originally sees like this is bad. I'm I'm wrong, and uh, he that that's what he's fine with going to this conversion center until of course he sees like what happens there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that's my two luck- cents. Uh, luckily, we're we are you know obviously everything's not great, <laughs> but uh, everything's not perfect. But we are. Um, you know, I do think as, you know, I think the next generation of queer kids, um, you know, every generation just gets it a little bit easier. I know, you know, my generation had it much easier than the ones that grew up during the AIDS, uh, epidemic. Um, and, you know, you know, I still had my struggles. I dealt with my own internalized homophobia, um, as, as a teenager. I, um, I, you know, I feel like I got over it pretty quickly, but... Um, you know, I, and I, and I feel like kids now, younger kids, teenagers, um, have it even easier and, you know, and that's good. It's good. We're getting there. Yeah. Every, every generation, it should be easier. And that, and I mean, not to take away from, uh, the queer spotlight, but that shouldn't just be a queer thing. That should be like, um, that should be in everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, one could argue that like one of the goals of your generation is to make life for the next generation mm-hmm. easier. It it absolutely should be. Um, which is why people who are like, not oh, everyone should... has that. Yeah, which is why people who are like, oh, you should pay your student, you shouldn't have your student loans forgiven because I paid for mine. That's bullshit. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, it's. Yeah, I. I I almost went on a on a rant for a second, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Um, yeah, Jason already went on a semi rant, so yeah. we don't need. But no, we, we I don't need rant after rant. But you're absolutely right, though. That you know, I'm looking at this from a queer perspective because I am a queer person, and that that's my perspective. So, um, but but you're right. There are there are a lot of other uh, ways this could be read um, for any marginalized community. Oh, I also just want to mention too um, that. While, you know, Harriet does mention that she, um, you know, Doyle withdrew, he was difficult to deal with, um, she does cop to the fact that her initial reaction was bad. 
um, yeah. which pro- almost certainly did not help. Uh, yeah, you know, which is why help Doyle which, in any which way. Is wh- which is probably what led to like um, both of them, mm-hmm. like both of them being at fault for the relationship. Exactly, the marriage ending. Um, but yeah, so uh, so after um, Angel kind of fills in on um, Doyle, he fills into Doyle about uh, the type of demon Richard is. He's like, oh man, like they must be like super dangerous and everything. And Angel's like reading up on them as he's going, like. Oh, well, they, they used to have, like, really bloody uh, customs and rituals, but these were abandoned to open up a chain of restaurants. <laughs> Although, that, he, you gotta love that. That's very funny, but I did notice he was like, they abandoned them at the turn of the century, so I'm assuming that's 1900. That book looks way older. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Oh, by the way, by the way, can we talk about... um? Uh, for those of you who watched the inauguration of uh, our newest president, uh, Joseph R. Biden Jr., um, did anybody notice that his his family Bible looked like the damn vampire book from mm-hmm. <laughs> from Buffy? I mean, I- I'm not, sh- and that is that is in no way trying to like be mean towards uh, that Bible. I think that's awesome. No, I respect I, I saw that Bible mean- more now. Yeah, no, I saw a meme that says, like, unto every generation, a present is born. <laughs> uh, nice. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, so Doyle's like, oh my gosh, she didn't break up with me because I'm a half demon. She broke up with me because I'm me. I'm a dick. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this, it, he decides to, um, to sign the divorce papers um gives them to uh harriet when she and richard come back and so richard's like hey look it would really mean a lot to me if you came to my bachelor party and um unfortunately he says it he says like a couple of things he's like this is celebrating us i mean because you're a bachelor too (laughs) or maybe that's later at the actual bachelor party it's Um, during the toast yeah yeah he's like um yeah, it's like, yeah, but he makes a couple of comments. I'm like, really not helping your case, yeah. dude. But so, um, I do want to say, I, I really like this episode. I do think, though, that this episode makes a mistake here that keeps it from being, uh, that keeps the episode good, but prevents it from being great. And that's the, honestly, the bachelor, bachelorette party concept. Um, that separates Harriet and Doyle um, for basically the rest of the episode until the end. I I almost think I would have preferred more of their interactions, other than um, the other than what goes down at the bachelor party. I think that could yeah. have been more meaningful. But that's just me. Also, we could have seen more of like the bachelorette party besides like the pornography pictionary. Um, <laughs> their but, ways uh... are not our ways. <laughs> yeah we'll get to that um but yeah uh and also while this is happening harriet does uh invite cordelia to um oh we're doing like my bridal shower or whatever but i mean it's it's a bachelorette party uh but yeah so uh and um and richard does mention to doyle that uh he wants his blessing um to the new union since that is like uh that since he was the first husband of Harriet. Um, 
Doyle re- agrees because he's like, uh, he's really trying to like, you know, make sure that, um, make sure that like he's giving Harriet a person that he still obviously cares about the chance to be happy. Yeah. And um, so this is, this next scene is just when it starts getting really silly and I love <laughs> it. Um, so uh, yeah, all of Richard's family is there and they're talking about, they're eating KFC. They're eating KFC. And they're talking, <laughs> and they're talking That's about, a really nice um, detail. Yeah, they're talking about like the bachelorette party. It's the bachelor party. It's funny because it's like um, uh, Aunt Martha is the one who brings out who brings up like uh, oh, I guess you'll have one of those strippers. They're like we're not having a stripper. It's like I know what happens at these bachelor parties, <laughs> and so they're like, all right, so we what are we gonna have? Are we gonna have buffalo wings or like foie gras? And um, they're like, well, buffalo wings. I mean, come on, it's all about the booze. And the and the stripper <laughs> and uh, and so then um, and then they're like okay so we'll have uh, we'll have like food then beer then like uh, toast with more beer we'll have the stripper uh, we'll do the ritual eating of the first husband's brains and then we'll do charades and then that's when one of his cousins is like wait hold wait on, wait wait hold on what was that charades charades i don't know about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's it is a very um buffy angel joke and it's Mm -hmm. very good so yeah there is a ritual eating of the ex-husband's brains it's ridiculous it's dumb but you know what they go through like they follow that concept and i am all the more respectable of them for doing that um so, uh, um, Doyle does show up to the restaurant, uh, but he also has Angel, and everybody's like, whoa, he brought somebody. <laughs> brought a really good-looking guy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, and Angel, again, just being cool as a cucumber, looking around, and, uh, and so, um, yeah, uh, he keep Richard keeps, like, uh, he has the toast, he keeps trying to be like, hey, um, look, we could really go for your... Like, really, really want your blessing on this marriage. And um, he really doesn't say too much of anything. Uh, Doyle's just kind of, like, there. Um, And Harriet, meanwhile, is talking about, uh, you know, Doyle's past. How, like, oh, um, he used to be a third-grade teacher. Yeah. Uh, He used to volunteer at a food bank. And Cordelia just can't believe any of this. She is floored. She... She's like, <laughs> I, she basically accuses uh, um, <laughs> Harriet of lying to her. She's like, no. Yeah. She says, "Are you sure he wasn't held back?" And that was that was just his cover. Um, but um, I, this is, I mean, this is very funny, but it's also really significant to like we see like we are learning about how different Doyle was before he um you know learning about his demon half basically ruined his life um at least from his his perspective um and how he you know has become the man that we know you know our little lovable rogue um but it's 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 a very far cry from what we from what we've seen and basically from what we learn about the timeline not a very long you know they got married 
as we mentioned, it was he was 21 when they were married and he discovered his demon side and they've been apart for four years. So he's 25, 26 at the most, depending on like how long they stayed together after um, after his demon side emerged. So, you know, his it's kind of sad to hear about, you know, his life going to shit pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So, Doyle. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's such great development for him. Um, and it kind of mm-hmm. like, it also kind of gives a, um, a little possible window into why he has this, um, destructive behavior, which mm-hmm. is this self-destructive behavior that's kind of been like his calling card, like the drinking, um, the deaths, uh, all this stuff that like really has kind of been the only side that we've seen of Doyle, which is the only side that Cordelia has seen of Doyle. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is really good. It's great that they can have this character development, but also be really funny because then of course Doyle's mom, or then of course Richard's mom is like, all right, who's ready for naughty Pictionary? <laughs> uh, um, then, uh, yeah. So, um, Angel is, uh, doing what he does best now. He's, uh, He's doing some investigating, and um, he sees uh, Uncle John um, performing like a blood rite, and uh, and so he's like, "Okay, this is bad." Um, so he like <laughs> hears one of their phrases and then calls Cordelia. Cordelia gets um, Harriet, and so he's like, "Harriet, can you translate this for me?" Um, and uh, as soon as he hangs up, um, that's when. Uh, that's when um, Richard's clansmen, uh, Ben and Nick, uh, they start getting into a fight, and unfortunately, four demons are uh, four demons are a little bit too much for Angel, at least in those small quarters. So then they just like you know throw him out a window, because a- as you do, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and this this might be one of my favorite parts. Um, Harriet like. Uh, gets the translation of what they were saying is like, Oh, ingesting past love. And, uh, so she's like, uh, guys, do you know why, why they would say this? And, <laughs> and Richard's aunt is like, well, they're certainly not going to eat your ex-husband's brains. <laughs> very, very smooth. Oh my god, that part, just the way that she said it is so fucking funny. It's just so great. I don't care if it was done to, like, cut down some time to get, like, Harry to the bachelor party, but god damn it, that was hilarious. Uh, um, But yeah, meanwhile, um, Richard has been enjoying his stripper. Okay, um, can I... I just have something to say about this stripper. Why the fuck is she so fuzzy? There... Yeah, her her outfit was, like, it's very... It's so weird. Yeah, there was, like, a lot of just, like, fur and stuff on the outfit. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's what strippers... Maybe that's what strippers were like in 1999. I don't know. I was 10 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, so at this point, uh, at this point, Doyle's like, you know what? Um, we both get a chance to make Harry happy. Um, you, she gets to be happy with you. 
and I don't get to stand in her way. So he's like, I give you my blessing. And of course, um, this means to Richard and the clan that consent has been given. So, um, By the way, listeners, that's not what consent is. Yep. No, 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 no. You cannot trick someone into giving you consent. If it was tricked, it's not consent. Anyway. Bad demons, bad. Um, so, uh, this then, um, leads to them putting, uh, putting Doyle into a box that, uh, just has his head showing, and they, like, draw a line just to, you know, make sure that, uh, they know exactly where to cut, and, um, they, they inject him with something, he's like, oh, what the hell was that? He's like, well, I mean, you know... We don't want it to hurt when we start cutting into your skull, which I guess is I guess is considerate of them. They're large. Uh, they're they're very polite um, throughout the, the entire situation. No, it is it is so funny that they're just like yeah you know this is just part of our culture, um, and then uh, yeah so Angel is pissed about getting thrown out of a window. I yeah. believe um, nobody likes defenestration. Uh, Except Alana Bloom. But, man, we use that a lot in this podcast. And we're going to uh, keep on. Listen, any chance to, the, to use yes. the word defenestration, it's going to happen. But um, he does end up... Uh, he does end up, uh, like, vamping out and then uh, kicking in the front door, which also looked very expensive, um, and uh, it giving us a an image that will be used for quite a bit of the rest of the show in the opening credits yep. and why the hell not it's fucking awesome um so then he gets into a uh so then like everybody's like whoa you brought a vampire here that's so rude <laughs> of course then they like all get into a fight um doyle's eventually is able to get out as well and um against like all of his reservations he's like i think he's just at this point really pissed that they wanted to eat his brain yeah so um, <laughs> oh i almost forgot when um when Richard was about to do the brain eating, um, they bring out like a fork. Oh, like, the, excuse me, the shrimp fork. What the hell is this? It's like it's a shrimp fork. Like it's a fork. A shrimp fork. You expect him to eat brains with a shrimp fork? Fucking idiot! Grab a soup spoon. <laughs> I I love the, the. He's like, well, the ancient texts don't really specify. And, uh, and I also like that uh, Richard at one point, he's like, sorry, like, it's been so long since anyone in the clan has married a divorcee. So, like, <laughs> we're not really up on this ritual. <laughs> so that makes Harry just another L.A. divorcee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, panic. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, Harry and Cordelia eventually arrive. And that's when they're like, hey, stop. And so um, everybody's like stops fighting, and uh, she's like, "Richard, were you really going to eat Doyle's brains?" And he's like, "Well, I mean, you know, we're just trying to follow the old ways." And um, yeah, it's like, "Hey," and Uncle John's like, "Hey, these rituals are important to us." And and she's like, "Excuse me, when was the last time you were able to not watch ESPN long enough to spill the blood of a she goat?" She Harriet <laughs> makes, you know, they they. Um, they accuse her of being racist, but she does make a good point that they are being very pick and choose about which of their cu their culture's customs are important to them. Uh, and and, and I, I will make a bold statement here, um, and hopefully this doesn't get me in trouble. But 
I do not think it is racist if you if a custom that you are pointing out is harmful to someone else. No, I absolutely agree. Yeah, like I mean, I, I totally get um respect I'm totally for respecting people's cultures, but if a part of your culture and I will call this out on my own like Catholic upbringing, if a part of your culture is in any way harmful to another uh to like any other person, that is wrong. I don't yeah. care how old the culture is. That's just wrong. Yep. Yeah, I absolutely <sighs> agree. Yeah, um, no, I like, I, I actually did think about when they called her like a racist and I'm like, I don't think that's racism. I think, I think wanting people to be alive trumps, uh, whatever tr- cultural traditions you have. Um, huh. but yeah, rant done. Harry does say that like, uh, Hey, you know, I don't, I'm not going to do this. Um, like, uh, Richard does say like, you know, they're not going to allow the marriage if, um, if we don't do the ritual. And so that's when, um, hair. So, uh, oh, I think they, um, they skipped over this part in the, uh, Buffy wiki, but it's kind of important. Um, uh, like when, when, um, Cordelia and Harriet show up. Doyle is still in his demon form and that uh and Cordelia's like I can't believe these demons are doing this she sees like the demon form of Doyle doesn't recognize that it's Doyle and just like smacks smacks him across the face with a serving tray Uh, and then when he like come like when he shows up in his uh human form and he's kind of bruised on the face she's like oh Doyle what did they do to you so yeah, so just so you know, Cordelia still doesn't know that Doyle is half demon. I uh, actually find that hard to believe. I find it very difficult to believe that it didn't come up at the the bachelorette party unless Doyle specifically asked Harriet not to say anything about it. Uh, and if that's the case, I feel like that's something we should have seen. Um, like, I feel like that yeah, would have been a significant um, moment. Because right now it just kind of looks like, you know, Cordusal ignorant. And I don't like that look. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so when um, when Harriet like looks at Doyle, she then um, like goes back, uh, gives her hands to Richard for a moment. And then when she... Uh, like leaves she uh like richard's holding the engagement ring very very easy visual cue that uh this wedding isn't happening yeah and uh, as she's leaving she does say uh do like uh francis if you say anything i'll eat your brains myself <laughs> yeah. and then one of and, uh, uh richard's yeah. brothers comes up to him and it's like <laughs> It's like, hey, she wasn't worth it anyway, man. Like, who wants a wife whose knees only bend the one way? <laughs> I mean, he's got a point. <laughs> I was like, is that a weird, is that a weird blowjob joke? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's I, just I think it, I think where it might my just brain be goes. Sexual in general. Yeah. yeah, I think it might just be sexual in general. Uh, it doesn't have to specifically be a blowjob. Um, but yeah, so uh, so um, Angel and Cordelia are uh, that's the last we see of Harriet. Yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, because I think she's a really cool character, and I would have loved to have 
just as you said before i would have loved to have seen more mm-hmm. um especially between her and doyle uh but it also would have been like a nice kind of, it's honestly one of the first female characters that set up like the potential of having a good kind of like friendship with cordelia um yeah and yeah and i feel like we don't get a lot of that in this first season unfortunately um because really our only other really significant female character thus far has been kate and kate and cordelia have they interacted at all at at any point well yeah because um she was like in the midst of that like sensitivity spell oh that's right um, yeah yeah uh but no like her primary interactions all of her storylines run through angel Mm -hmm. so um yeah it it doesn't seem like that would be a a relationship that would be established Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh doyle's moping on the couch and um it's like you know um we uh like somebody needs to go out there and cheer him up and i love that angel initially is the one who's like starts to go and cordia's like please (laughs) we need someone with a heartbeat and um she's like look we don't need a loser who pines about uh we already have one of those in the office (laughs) and and both doyle and angel like hey rude um oh cordy getting right to the heart of the matter says like but angel can actually pull it off i mean look how his clothes just hang on him (laughs) she's right (laughs) yeah um but yeah she's like you know um you'll get through this Doyle, because you're a nice guy and like oh do you really think i'm a nice guy and that's when um that's when uh doyle has a vision well before um, he before he has the vision though i I, cordelia has a line it's just one of my favorite cordelia lines i just want to make sure we get it in there oh yeah yeah sure she says uh if i think it i say it that's my way um, that's true and, and that really is cordelia's sweet. it's it's yeah you know she doesn't always use that uh lack of tact for kindness um but here like you know she is totally sincere she thinks he's a nice person she likes him and you know he can trust her because she'd tell him if she felt the other way um, yeah it's true um uh, cordelia is painfully honest uh, but yes but then um but then we have uh doyle's vision and hey guess what um he recognizes the girl in the vision who's fighting a whole bunch of guys um as uh oh my god that's um that's angel's buffy, buffy. and um so yeah i guess that means we've got another crossover coming up crossover crossover yeah um it should be interesting (laughs) (laughs) uh harrison's not actually looking forward to the first half of this crossover but hey you know what we're gonna tackle it we're going to um it's gonna be if we uh, weren't doing every if we were doing every episode of buffy we would have like skipped at least um god what's an episode we could have skipped i well i think i mentioned it in the episode i i i really almost like wanted to skip go fish um yeah i that was the one where the first that was the first episode where i was like god maybe we just just go straight to becoming but but no we're doing every episode rain or shine yeah 
don't know, maybe the Hansel and Gretel episode too. Uh, <laughs> I, I was never a big fan of that one. Yeah. Uh, God, we're eventually gonna do where the wild things are. Ugh. <laughs> uh, uh. Yep. But you know, actually, now that we say it, now that we talk about it, it's usually the bad episodes of Buffy, and um, eventually like bad episodes of Angel that we we have good have, conversations. Like, a, we we have good conversations. Sometimes we have a lot of fun, more fun than we would have with a with a decent episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, we have a setup for our next uh, crossover, and um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we can't really reveal too much without going into spoilers for a future episode, our episode next week. Uh, but as for this episode, I I really liked this episode. I liked that um, I liked that uh, Doyle had the had the um, development. I liked that we had. Um, I also liked the fact that Cordelia. Um, it showed a little bit of her development as well, and mm-hmm. it it changed the dynamic of the Doyle Cordelia relationship. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe not as obvious as, uh, as one would think, but I liked it. I liked the evolution that it did. And um, yeah, another episode where Angel's kind of like a supporting character, but it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think obviously Doyle's, we we've t- gone on and on about how well we thought Doyle's development in this character was, and he or in this episode was, and he becomes a much more nuanced character. Um, and and the episode was wise to um to use that um to also show, as you mentioned, some development for Cordelia because um you know all the development we get from Cordelia is as a direct result of Doyle's development as well. So it's um it's nice that they're they're developing these characters symbiotically um which is how good character development in any show should work you know all of the characters should be affecting each other um i like that harriet is such a likable dynamic character um and that she um you know she's not like the shrewy ex-wife she doesn't feel like a trope she feels like a real person um and yeah, I, I my only real complaint about this episode is that um, in the latter half of it, we don't really get any more really significant uh, Doyle and Harriet scenes. I would have liked um, maybe even at the end, like a like a brief scene just Doyle and Harriet, you know, getting some sort of closure, or you know, maybe not getting any closure, but like you know that's the point instead of it just feeling kind of open-ended you know and um in a uh in a few weeks we will kind of like get into the reason why we don't really see harriet again Mm -hmm. um that's all i'm gonna say about that um also uh, the buffy wiki did point out something really funny um it says cordelia's statement that she says just what she thinks was previously acknowledged by Buffy when she read Cordelia's mind in earshot. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I had completely forgotten about that, how, like, every time Cordelia thought something, she then immediately said it. And yep. it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Good job. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, so I think in the end, I will have to uh, give this episode, you know what? Four out of five shrimp forks that are too small for eating brains. Very nice, very nice. 
Uh, I'm going to give this episode three and a half buckets of KFC chicken out of five. Yeah. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, the bachelor party and um, our own bachelor party experience. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, Harrison, would you like to take us out? I would be honored. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Buffy Season 4, Episode 8, Pangs. Not fangs, pangs with a P. (laughs) I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yummyj357 and on Twitter at just plain old yummyj. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. You can also find my musings on the horror genre at horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com where I talk about a different horror film each week. This week, I'm talking the seminal classic, one of my all-time favorites, the 1963 The Haunting. That's not the one with Vincent Price. That's um that is the, haunting, the haunting of Hill House. Uh or no. The the haunting is based on the haunting House of Hill on House. Haunted Hill. House, House on Haunted, House on Hill. Haunted Hill. Yeah. The the two with the uh, really similar names. Um the know, Vincent Price movie is also quite good. Not my one of my favorites, well, but it was good enough. So it's not what I would classify as horror. It's more of like almost a it's almost like a who done it movie. It um, very much is, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it never feels like uh, it never feels too panicky, which um, I never feel scared while I watch it, uh, which is typically like what I would use to classify horror. But um, but no, like I, I remember it being delightful. But that, I mean, Vincent Price's presence is delightful yeah. enough. Uh, but no, he's not doing um, the haunting of House on Haunted Hill. He's doing the haunting, <laughs> yep. um, the original haunting. Um. But yeah, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in both of those instances, A-N-D. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting the Center for Law and Social Policy, or CLASP. CLASP is a national, nonpartisan, anti-poverty, nonprofit advancing policy solutions for low-income people. They develop practical yet visionary strategies for reducing poverty, promoting economic opportunity, and addressing barriers faced by people of color. Visit www.clasp.org for more information. And as always... Go slay and be gay. Bye. Bye.